Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey. We're brought to you today by 4constructionpros.com and sponsored by Caterpillar. Joining me today in the studios are my teammates here, Jason Hurtis, who is uh, Caterpillar's expert on quarry and aggregate equipment. Lonnie Fritz will be joining us also as the expert on heavy and highway construction equipment. And Scott Hageman will be joining us as the expert in great technology. Guys, glad to have you here. It's always good to be in session with you three. Topic we want to look at today is actually something that a lot of contractors are beginning to do because they realize that if they're going to keep workers, they better develop them because many of our workers coming into the industry are not coming in already trained. Now, I think all of us are, are old enough to remember it wasn't too many years ago when there was a good chance if you hired a new employee, you might have someone coming in with a lot more skills. And it's not that we can't still find a few of those folks. They just seem to be in fewer numbers than ever before. Today, we've called Strengthening Your Company's Employee Development. In a previous discussion I had with you, Lonnie, I wanted to ask you regarding the importance of development, especially employee development, and how it impacts the company. Could you start us off with that thought? Yeah, absolutely, Brad. So, it, you know, employee development is critical and, and um, we've touched on this in other opportunities and podcasts, but uh, really, really enjoyed drilling down into this a little bit further. And, and it really comes down to, um, to, to bolster that employee development is, is uh, takes many different facets, if you will. Um, we've talked about awareness of growth plans, um, having a training program, you know, engaging um, with engaging training materials and content. We get pulled on and it, it's it's been interesting, Brad, here just recently, it seems you can really see and hear this burning desire from the customers and contractors we support because they're reaching out to us for more training documentation, more in-person training, virtual training, um, whatever they can get their hands on to really try to put themselves ahead, if you will, of the competition because they they have understand now more than ever with the skilled labor shortage, hey, I have these employees, I need to invest in them to help retain them. They need to know what lies ahead, what opportunities there are, and I need to continue to need to grow and develop them so they're stronger individuals making us a stronger company, making us more competitive. That's awesome. Jason, I know you see the same thing in, in some of the clients that you work with. Uh, may, maybe expand a little bit even on, let, let's explore a little bit more on the technical uh, or the formal side. What's the benefit of being a bit more formal about putting employees, and, and some not even new, maybe some that have been with us for several years, but need to move to that next level. What would be some of the benefits of maybe taking a bit more formal approach? Well, when it shows the employee that you're actually interested in their development, you know, if it's not ad hoc, if you actually have a development plan, you've discussed it with the employee, you've, you've agreed to what the de development plan is, and then you act upon that, that leads right into retention and that furthers the development. The employee takes ownership in it. The manager, supervisor, the company should have ownership in it because they're going to reap the benefits of further development of that employee down the road. And I think you need to find a nice blend between online capabilities and in-person capabilities. Yeah. I think there's benefits to both. And I, and I think in 2020, we went maybe too much to the online and people are kind of burned out on the online <laughs> stuff. So I, 
and because people learn different ways too. You know, yeah. sometimes you can learn things from watching a YouTube video or something yeah. on the screen. Other times you need to interact with somebody to get the full message, to get the full need of what you're doing. So it, one, it's important. That's right. Two, it has to be formal. And three, find a good blend of, of virtual or online and, and in person. Yeah, I heard a contractor say a few weeks, I'm just laughing, couldn't help but laugh when you talked about a few of those things, because he said that I found my new dirty four-letter word and it starts with a Z. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, I'm just tired of it. But at the, fa- the same fact is, I'm so proud uh, of us, especially a lot of the associations and some of the big shows, the Con Expos and the, and the World of Concretes and the, some of the different big shows that I know Caterpillar even supports. But that stayed with trying to keep things online. And it was interesting to me, guys, how many people still signed up for those virtual classes. So there is a hunger for that. Scott, you are, you're in the thick of this industry in great technology. And I think sometimes you see a different mindset with maybe some of the people you work with. But what, again, could you bring to this that says, hey, you know what, not only are my, the, the company, companies I work with, not only employee development, not only is that formally being done, but here's what's win- here's what some of the winning tools are. Can you give us any specific examples of what some of these contractors might be doing that's helping them formalize their employee development efforts? Brad, I think they're reaching out to some established development efforts already. Okay. So the example I would use is Lonnie Fritz has a great class that he puts on. It's a hands-on training called Road Builders Pro. And we get our salespeople and some customers that attend this. And not only are they getting some hands-on experience, they're getting some classroom experience. It's some of the experiences that happen after the sessions over at night when they're getting together and they're meeting as a group and they're doing some networking, communicating back and forth. They get some new ideas because they're talking to other people. And then they bring that back to their company and they they get some huge productivity increases in the company just from ideas that some other group has been doing for a while, but you are never exposed to it. Yeah. So sometimes that development offsite, not with other coworkers, you know, go in by yourself. It might be uncomfortable. Yeah. You might not have your buddy to talk to and you know to go have a drink with type thing, but you meet new buddies and you meet, meet new networking people and it's a hands-on environment. So you can see the facial inspections and draw some things out on maybe a piece of paper to help educate yourself. Really good insight, Scott. I, I'm reminded, you just reminded me, you kind of humbled me into why I don't remember, why I didn't remember this earlier. My own business as a contractor years ago, obviously we We'd have employees that would we would either send to a particular workshop or conference or they would ask to go. We very rarely turn those kind of things down. But one stipulation we always made, and this is something I would pass on to, to, to people listening to this podcast today, is when you send any employee at any level to a, a workshop, a mini conference, you know, one of the larger shows where they're going to be attending classes, don't just send them and say, hey, have a good time, because they probably will. But send them with the idea, hey, when you come back, I want you to make a presentation to the rest of us on what you learned. I have never seen that fail. Now, it may make a few folks a little bit nervous to do that, but the fact is it definitely would make them a bit more alert when they're in those classes. Lonnie, let me come back to you for a moment. What might be some additional ways that we could build more formality, a little bit more accountability into this development? Because as as contractors go, we need to, or we're going to lose our workforce. Yeah, I think you just hit on it there, Brad, is, you know, 
we, we've all been to different training programs. So we've been to different national conferences and the breakout sessions and things. And that's all great and it's all fun, but I don't know if there's a full 100% takeaway. So I come back to get the deepest experience and to really move the needle. It's accountability again. So that's a great idea of we're going to send you there as a company to Con Expo, for example, as a customer. I've been to many Con Expo shows and you walk and you talk and you learn and you listen, but we were never asked, come back and give me the five bullet points and share those with others that weren't able to participate in person and pick out a couple individuals to give that sharing. And I think that goes with any training. First, have the structured training. Two, make sure you have structured times and develop times when you give that, whether it's on the first rainy day of the month or whatever it may be. And then again, drive that accountability because if it's just a one-way sharing and teaching you, but we're not going to have any kind of an assessment, I'm not saying you have to test them, but you really need to drive that interaction, that engagement throughout that training experience to make sure that it's resonating and they're understanding the concepts. And that's, again, is only part of it because now we got to go out in the field and we have to apply them. Yeah. And it's in Scott's world. And I go right back to Mr. Hageman. And it's grade control technology. Yeah. I can read it in the pamphlet. I see it on the video. Now I'm sitting in the seat. How do I set it up? How do I effectively use this technology to get the full benefits of the efficiency and the productivity and leading to corporate profitability? So, again, it, it's running all the way through that yeah. gamut. Yeah. And thanks for the lead in. I I just I don't want to miss this opportunity. Scott, let's go back to you real quick. That is a great piece of of an example there that Lonnie just shared. How do you maybe personally or how does Caterpillar, how do you guys work to get that knowledge into those people on that great technology? Are there formal programs that you are using? If there are, can you share those? Yes, we actually do have a formal program at both our demonstration centers in North America, both Arizona and here in the great state of Illinois. And we bring dealer personnel or or operators at dealerships and customers have whole sessions just with customers on the grade control technology. So they start out in the classroom and they get the plan of the day, just like they're working out there in the real world. And then they've got machines out there, whether it be at a hydraulic excavator or a track type tractor or motor grader with these technologies on them. And they go out there and they do a real live task, whether it's putting pipe in the ground and digging for that pipe or shaping a retention pond or building a road. And then once you get done with the day, then you come back at the end of the day and we have a wrap up. And now you know more questions to ask. You can look at the the person next to you that was operating a different piece of equipment and get some techniques from them. How did you get this view on this display? Things of that sort. So yes, the hands-on in the seat, all the technology is great. You need to get the most out of it. So the next step is actually showing somebody how to get something out of it in a real world scenario. Oh, this is great. Guys, this is really sizing up to be a really nice expansion. Jason, I want to come back to you. As good as these tips are, we still may have missed step one. Give me your thoughts on, especially because of the people you're working with, with the equipment that they handle, why would it be smart perhaps to start back at step one that says, okay, let's first take an inventory. What is the state 
of our employee. In other words, what are their strong points? What are their not so strong points? What are their interests? Uh, what are the things that they have shown a bit of a, a, a perhaps a, a tendency of wanting to learn? Give us the importance of why it might be important to look at that first before we just start this training. Well, I think that's critical because you don't know where the gaps are. You don't know what gaps you need to close to improve the employee or your business. So it is important. You got to start with that of where are they at? Where do they need to go? What can we deliver internally to fill those gaps? And what do we need to look for externally, whether it's Caterpillar University, having a Caterpillar expert come in and work with the individual for a day or a couple days, or operator training, or anything like that. It's an individual development for sure. I don't develop the same way that Scott does, or the same way that Lonnie does, or the same way that you do, Brad. Right. So you have to know what the employee's start point is, and you have to know what you need to do to move them off that start point to get them to the end game, and the end game needs to be agreeable between the employer and the employee. Yeah, let me start down this road, and then I'd like to go around real quick to all three of you again for some final thoughts before we shut this out. But you know, one of the thoughts I had is a lot of times, and I think, Scott, you were the one I think may have mentioned earlier that there are some apps or processes or systems or templates you can download and access. And I think all of those may have the right purpose for some of the contractors. But one of the things that, you know, I don't want to overwhelm anybody. You don't have to go invest $2,000 in a template. It may be as simple as you just sitting down with an employee and on a piece of paper, writing down what are the things that they need to improve upon, especially as it relates to enhancing their relationship to the company, extending their skill level, wanting to make more money and all those kind of things. Guys, let's go around the room real quick. Lonnie, we'll start with you. What might be something that we would want to do to ensure that we're going to follow up with that skill training and use it as a way to maintain that employee on a growth pattern? Yeah, I think it's back to developing the plan, right, Brad? You know, what are the aspects of our company? What are the skill sets that we need? What are the different types of employees? We go from the field personnel, the field management, into the office with accounting and estimating. It's laying out a plan for each of those. It's leveraging, and Jason touched on it there, it's, it's leveraging all different resources that are available to train and to bolster your company. Think of Caterpillar beyond the iron, if you will. We do a great job at producing big yellow iron, but look inside of the cat dealerships, inside of Caterpillar, leverage all the different resources out there. Yes, YouTube is great. That's a great digital resource at your fingertips, but exhaust every resource that's out there yeah. to strengthen and improve your company and that is the people of your company because they are and always will be the greatest asset. Awesome. Scott, any final thoughts? There's a lot of information out there. Like Lonnie said, my biggest thing would be set a due date. We just, we procrastinate not on purpose because things are, get busy. Example would be income taxes. You know, everybody does not enjoy doing income taxes, but you know. Ouch. You really <laughs> had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> Brad, I, I live in Illinois, so I'm all about knowing the pains of income taxes. It's front of mind. <laughs> but it's something you realize there's a date that it has to be due, whether you want to have it done or not. So you focus on it with a timestamp opposed to if we never had that due date, yes, we'd never have to pay the taxes. But besides that, we would never sit down to go through the paperwork to make that yeah. happen. Yeah, you're right. So same thing in the development process. Get a, a date out there so you have something 
stuck in your head that I have to have this done or I need to have this done by a certain yeah. date. That's awesome. Jason, I'll give you a final word, man. Build the plan, work the plan, set a targets, and reap the benefits of the plan. Unbelievable. Guys, this has been great. Those of you who are listening went over a little bit longer than we normally like to do, but hopefully you got something out of this podcast. And please listen to it again. I think there's a lot of information packed in there. So you may want to revisit it again. And by the way, you can catch uh, any of our podcasts on fourconstructionpros.com. We've got a nice little archive library we're building for you. And you can use a lot of the uh, a lot of the podcasts for actual training. I mean, there may be some good training meet in there for some of your people. You might also find us on any of your other favorite uh, podcast sites. You'd be surprised where we might pop up for you. And also, you've got some authors that you're listening to. All three of these experts, Scott and Jason and Lonnie and myself, we write material, we write articles that are for you, for the contractor, for the leader, for the employee. So don't miss uh, those opportunities, and you may be able to find us on some of your favorite sites as well. This is Brad Humphrey signing off for a terrific session. Thanks, guys, again. Thank you for listening, those of you who are on air, and we hope that you'll join us again. Have a great week. Don't want to miss a podcast? Sign up for alerts on the Contractor's Best Friend webpage on 4constructionpros.com. 